Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Had a couple questions about about baseball, and um, the signees. I know we are one day away from regionals, but I got you here. So Tennessee, who who does Tennessee have coming in? Where are we looking there? I know there's going to be some guys that will explore going to the MLB draft. Uh, what kind of signees do we have coming in? That was a question. Uh, asked by our guy Hunsucker from Memphis. I appreciate Hunsucker for the message. Uh, this this signing class is a good one. Don't know that I would say it's as good as as last year's class, um, but but there are some prospects that Tennessee is really really excited about. I I just think it speaks more to just how special this freshman class is, Swain. And you can certainly see how how special the class is just by turning on the television or, or going to the stadium every single game. I mean, you've got Drew Beam, who, who came out of nowhere, Chase Burns, uh, who was as equally deserving as SEC Freshman of the Year as Drew Beam, and, and then Christian Moore and Blake Burke. I mean, those are two special talents, just absolutely special talents, and, and it's a surprise that Burns, Moore, and Burke even got to campus. So I don't think there's any of those type of signees in this class that Tennessee is really going to be nervous about. Um, but but there are a couple of guys. And the, the, the MLB draft is funky. It's real quirky in the sense of all it takes is one team falling in love with you and then throwing a bunch of money at a kid. And all of a sudden, you've, you've lost a signee that you weren't expecting to lose just because some professional organization threw more money at the kid than you were expecting that that was the case with Ryan spikes uh, a stud shortstop out of Georgia last year they they thought he was going to be uh, a potential starting shortstop as a freshman and this is before Cortland Lawson burst onto the scene this season but uh, they they thought he was going to be as special as the, these other freshmen as you've seen but the Rays they, they drafted him Tennessee thought they had gotten through the the storm if you want to call it that and thought he was coming to campus but uh, the Rays drafted him with the last pick of the third round, I believe, and gave him second round money. So it wasn't the money that he was going to turn down. Uh, so that situation situation could always happen. Uh, but there's a a six foot eight guy uh, from from the Carolinas. I'm, I'm his name slipping me off the top of my head, uh, but he he throws really hard, and and they're really excited about that. Alex Stamwich is an outfielder. Uh, from somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, I, I can't remember either off the top of my head. Uh, he's been compared to me uh, as another version of Jordan Beck, um, a, a guy that has just a ton of raw power, a terrific arm out in, in the outfield, and they're really excited about him. There's Reese Chapman, an outfielder from Colorado, who's been a pretty noteworthy prospect throughout baseball. Uh, so th- those are the top-of-the-list type of guys, but – uh, not as special as last year's group. And, and again, that this doesn't mean anything's wrong with this year's group, but it just, in my opinion, speaks to how special this 
current freshman class is. Uh, and, and also, they're, they're going to make some hay in the transfer portal. There, there's going to be guys in the transfer portal, some some big names that I think Tennessee's going to be able to land uh, that, that's going to make some some waves in college baseball. Well, I want to know if one of those one of those names is Tommy White. That's that's what I want to know, man, because because I saw Tommy White, you know, hit a um, had a record for home runs as a freshman, and we like home runs. We like home home runs here in, in Knoxville. So, uh, do you think Tennessee Tony Patello and company will go after Tommy White? I I'd be stunned if they didn't reach out. But uh, just uh, according to what others have put on social media it seems like Tommy White wants to get back to the state of Florida which is where he is from uh, Florida State apparently has been the the rumored favorite uh, so he was not one of the the ones that I had mentioned when I made that comment but uh, the the Maui Ahuna kid from Kansas mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying his name correctly yeah. uh, he, he's he's an absolute absolute stud uh, future gotcha. first round pick more than likely uh, I think he's a, a guy that um, Tennessee's in a good position with, and he, he would be just one heck of an addition if, if Tennessee can pull that one off. And, and then there's some other guys that, that they're keeping an eye on to see if they enter the portal uh, and want to look out for a catcher if, if the right one becomes available. Yeah, uh, Evan Russell obviously moving on, and then they, their opinion is that there's always going to be a Chase Dolander that enters the portal every single off season. And, and they want to make sure that they get chase that chase Dolander that enters the portal every single off season. It, it has obviously benefited them this season, chase Dolander coming in and winning sec pitcher of the year. And in my opinion, proven to be the, the best pitcher in the country. So when his clone enters the portal, this go around, they want to make sure that they nab him as well. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. We got the phone lines already uh, going this, this evening. Didn't say morning, Ben, uh, but this evening. So, um, uh, Good evening, sir. You are on live. Hey, guys. I hope y'all are doing great. Can't miss the show. Can't miss your show in the middle of the day, Swain. Uh, I know you guys have been talking not only on the air but off the air about all this talk in the SEC meetings about not only the schedule but the possibility of an SEC-only playoff for the SEC. So I got something to throw at you. I know there's a lot of people who don't like the idea of that because you ain't playing Ohio State, you ain't playing Michigan State when they're really good, ain't playing USC now that Lincoln Riley's out there, the real USC, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that because my wife uh, went to South Carolina. <clears throat> don't get in trouble. But Hey, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I can pass that smoke. <laughs> she picked dinner, so I can do that. That's right, that's right. You know your limitations. Uh, but- so what do you think about this? You know, you got your 12 games. You got your probably what's going to happen is a nine-game SEC schedule. You got your three games that you're always going to play, your six games that are going to rotate, and then your three cupcakes, if you will, as long as Jeremy Pruitt ain't coaching. I know, right? Well, you know, the 3-6 the model is, I think, one that's popular. There's two models, the 1-7 and the 3-6. Those are the two that will – uh, make sure that if a four-year player plays at a university, that he'll be able to go and play every other school in in the SEC. So, um, which is exactly what's been missing for years and years. Yep. But let's say we do, or let's say not we, but let's say Greg Sankey and the ADs and the presidents and everyone who votes votes for for whichever model, twelve games. 
All right. And then game 13 is the top four in the SEC playing their playoff. Mm -hmm. So whichever four teams it is, doesn't matter if you're in the same area or pod, if they come up with pods or whatever they do. So that's your game 13. There's it down to two. That's your SEC championship. Game 14 is the SEC championship. Because let's be honest, most years the SEC champion or the other team that played in the championship game is probably going to play in the national championship the way it is right now. Yeah, the whole – That's game 14, and game 15 is facing whoever comes out of the other side nationwide. Yeah, the, the whole SEC playoff talk, like at the beginning, like I kind of took it for face value. I was like, oh, man, they're going to do a, a real SEC playoff, and, and that's going to – determine the national champion. I was like, wait a minute, there's no way you could do that because you're truly not a national champion unless you play the best of the best from somewhere else outside of the SEC. But the more the week has kind of went along, I think some of the people that's been down there covering, and we talked to Jesse Simonton today, you know, it doesn't sound like Greg Sankey's like really going to go through, go through with that. I think what has happened over the last two years is Greg Sankey has put a lot of energy into expanding the playoff, like helping put together a model that will be more than four teams. And then once Oklahoma and Texas uh, made the announcement they were entering the league, I think it pissed off a lot of other commissioners. And when it came time to come to the table and people say, all right, let's, 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 let's expand it. Let's go eight games. Let's go eight teams or 12 teams, then no one stepped forward. So that's why you didn't get that expansion um, a couple months ago. It kind of stayed the same. And I think Greg Sankey understands where he is as a commissioner, where the league is, and he is saying, hey, if we don't get our stuff together, if y'all don't get your stuff together, then this is what we can do. But I don't think that's something that he is really, 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 really going to do. I think the priority is scheduling. And that's been the talk all week long. They don't really have a lot of power with NIL because that's above them. That's Congress trying to get, trying to, you know, they want Congress to get involved and help. But scheduling, that's something they can handle and hammer out. So that's what they've been doing this week. And I, I like the three six model. That gives you the non conference games. I know for Ben, he likes, he want to, he want to watch good games. And the three six model, gives you the permanent three opponents and then the rotating six, and then you go out and, you know, schedule whatever the other two games you want want to schedule, other three games you want to schedule. The 1-7 gives you a one permanent opponent, and then you rotate the seven inside of the SEC. But now you have an opportunity to go out there and, 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 and play four cupcakes. And I know Kentucky, they want to play eight games. Um, you know, they play Louisville. Each and every year, that is a non-conference rival for them. So I kind of understand why they want to do that. Um, also, I think they want to have an easier schedule, too, for perception. So they can go ahead and blaze through that schedule and have a nice 7-8 win uh, season, 9-win season, and be able to go to a nice bowl. So uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get too excited about the whole SEC playoff thing just yet. I don't see that really having a lot of legs right now. But how much money would it make for the SEC to have two more games before the SEC championship of the top four teams 
So I'll, I'll let I'll let you think about that. But I got a question for yep. you, and I got a question from a man being over there. The uh, quick question for you is going to be: if you had to pick one game that you played while you were at Tennessee that you'll always remember, I need you to tell me that one and the fans of that one. And Ben, I got a question for you. So I'm not going to put you on the spot and say that Tennessee will make it all the way to the World Series championship game, or the series, I guess. But who would the other team be that you would like to see Tennessee face? For me, it's Oregon State. And I'll let you guys go, and you guys have a wonderful weekend and a great rest of your evening. Hey, thank you. No, thank you for the phone call. Um, I probably would have to put my personal, like, best performance aside and speak about, like, the, 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 the atmosphere, um, the play of us. I probably would have to go with the Cal game um, because it was just dominant. Like, it was just so much frustration that was pent up, and it just kind of exploded on that day. And there was nothing the other team could do about it. And the crowd was rocking. It was just a really, really cool moment. Uh, and that's hard to pick one game over the other. But the Florida game was was great, 04. Um, the Bama game, 04, was good. We played at Bama in 06. But just the atmosphere, I would have to say, the 06 Cal game was the one that kind of pops, pops out the most. Um, ben, have you not called Tennessee National Champions yet? Are you, are you? I mean, are you? Are you playing it safe? I mean, I if I were to fill out a bracket basketball style, I, I would pick Tennessee to win. There, there's not a better team in the country than Tennessee. They have the most pitching, the most hitting, the most talent, the best coaching, the most swagger, the most confidence. They they have every single ingredient uh, that you need to win a championship at, at any level of of any sport. In my opinion, they have the scars, they have the experience. Uh, th- there's no reason that, that they, that they shouldn't. Uh, and, and I kind of hesitate in saying that because I, I say that as if, uh, it's easy to win a national championship. There, there's a reason that there's only, uh, or that there hasn't been a number one overall seed win the national championship since 1999. And it's because the NCAA tournament is very, very hard uh-huh. and baseball is a sport of failure. Uh, a lot of things can go wrong in baseball on any given day. So, Yes, if I filled out a bracket, I would pick Tennessee, but uh, no, I have not went ahead and printed the T-shirts. But if I were to see a, a team match up with Tennessee that I would like to see them beat, uh, it would be Arkansas some way, somehow. I don't care if it's in Omaha or, or not. I, I don't even know where Arkansas – I know where they're playing. They're out in Stillwater in the Oklahoma State Regional. I don't know where that is on the bracket. I don't, other I don't know side. Opposite side. Other side. Yeah, I'm looking at so, – I, I printed the – the, the paper off, Ben, just like it was the NCAA basketball <laughs> bracket. So I got here, I got it right here in my hand. Arkansas is on the other side. They are the number two seed. They are playing in Stillwater uh, region. And so to play against them, it would have to be in the championship game. Yep. The championship series. So that would be my, be my answer. Now I don't, I don't at all think Arkansas is going to make it that far. I, I don't think they'll make it to Omaha. They've, they've been playing some really bad baseball uh, Oklahoma State can really swing it. I'd, I'd be surprised if Oklahoma State did not win their own regional uh, and, and make it out of Stillwater. I guess they would continue to host, but make it out of regional weekend. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if Arkansas made it out of this weekend. But if I could pick the the, the championship series for 
for Tennessee to win and the opponent to beat, it would definitely be Arkansas just for, for all the cash money they've been trying to talk this season. Is Vanderbilt on the other side? Who? Vanderbilt. Oh. The, the Commodores who are in the Corvallis regional. Oh, oh. You mean Vanderbilt. Yeah, they are they are on the other side too. So okay. you're not playing Either Arkansas. You're not playing Arkansas Vanderbilt in this tournament unless it's in the national championship series. Correct. Th- those were those would be the two teams I would pick for Tennessee to beat for the Natty. That that would be awesome. Absolutely awesome. But neither of those teams are making it to Omaha. They, they've been playing really poor baseball the last month. I'm going to go back to the, go back to the phone. Excuse me. Um, who do we have? Good evening. Hey, you got, you got me. Turkey man. Hey, 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 how you doing, man? I'm well, Turkey man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm going to make it short and sweet tonight. Cause, uh, I know some people want to get in and talk to you, but since you've been gone, it's been seen forever. Cause you, we got to talk to you. Uh, since you've been gone, what have you seen with this baseball team? Uh, top three things or three things that just stood out that you've seen uh, in this last, you know, four, five, six weeks that you've been uh, following them. So give me top three of what you've seen that's uh, just been a wow or something that stood out. I'll get out of here, well, guys. Have a good night. All right, Turkey Man. Thank you, Turkey Man. Uh, number one is that Chase Dolander has asserted himself as the best pitcher in the entire country. I, I don't, I don't even think it's close at the moment. Oregon State has an has an arm that's really, really talented as well. But Chase Dolander has asserted himself as the best pitcher in the country, in my opinion. If if you're the best pitcher in the SEC, then you're the best pitcher in the country, in my mind. And, and that's been a fun transition to watch. Chase is a a really good dude who. Deserves all the success in the world, and uh, he certainly earned it with, with all his hard work this year and couldn't have come at a better time, Swain. I, I mentioned that mm-hmm. Tennessee and, and Tony Vitello, they want to go out and get that best transfer arm every offseason, and as if they needed more ammunition on the recruiting trail, here's a guy that transferred from Georgia Southern and <laughs> wins SEC Pitcher of the Year in his first season at Tennessee. And Certainly, there's a, a lot of natural talent there, but uh, Frank Anderson has really helped him take his game to the next level, and Chase would be the first to tell you that. Uh, so that's been the number one thing that's that's popped into my head the last couple of weeks. Blake Burke, his emergence, Ooh, that, that, that kid is different. That swing, man. That swag, that confidence. Man, I love me some Blake Burke, man. Yes, and, and the bat flips just – it looks like Griffey up there. It, it yeah, really, it really does. I'm not saying that he is Griffey or, or will be Griffey, That's but his, his lefty swing and the way he drops the bat is is Griffey-esque, and it is a, a thing of beauty to watch. And that ball he hit in Hoover against Kentucky, it, it still hasn't landed. So Blake Burke's been a, a, another fascinating storyline to watch. And th- this is one that, and I've been talking about that for weeks on, on my Diamond Balls podcast, even though y'all haven't been able to hear from me because Tennessee baseball has been playing every Thursday night for the last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been talking about those things pretty repeatedly elsewhere. But the third one that I haven't talked about a ton, Swain, is, is Evan Russell and how valuable he is to this baseball team. Uh, my my comment coming out of Hoover, and I think I made it going into Hoover as well, but again, it's been a, a rather new talking point for me, is that Evan Russell – is by far the MVP 
of this baseball team, mm. without a doubt. His his leadership, what he has done behind the plate has been exceptional, and he's done it in the midst of playing the position, which is the toughest position to play in baseball. This is his first year playing the position, and and sure, he he's not Yadier Molina back there. He he's not throwing runners out left and right. Yeah, but he does so so many other things that it's hard for people to tell. Uh, like for instance. He, he is so great at stealing pitches to where if it, if it's a pitch that's just inside or or just off the plate that would probably be called a ball, he's doing a great job of receiving it, catching it, and and framing it to where the umpire is calling it a strike. And, and he's stealing eight, nine, ten strikes a game, which is excellent. So And he's not letting balls get past him. And and then the, the hitting aspect as well. We, we all knew he'd come back and hit 15 homers or so, and he's certainly done that. But I didn't think he'd hit 314 for the entire regular season. He's he's become a much more complete hitter. So when you look at what he's done from a leadership standpoint, he's the first guy to speak after they win the SEC tournament on Sunday. Everybody saw the video that went viral. His leadership, what he's done behind the plate in, in his first year at the position, and how he's become a complete hitter. He's the MVP of this baseball team, without a doubt. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So many guys you can highlight, man. <laughs> you can really highlight so many different guys on this team. Four players made All-American. You know, two made second team, one made third, one made first team. All-American by collegiate. What was that? Collegiate baseball? Yes. To be so many different guys you can you can highlight. Uh, on Tuesday, I got a chance to interview uh, Kirby Connell. Um, he, he did not have the mustache twisted though. He said he left his, 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 his grease at the house. So got a chance to interview him. He was, um, out, um, at a first bank. We did a remote there and he was out several other players. Trey Lipscomb was there. Uh, Ben Joyce was there and, uh, got a chance to, to chop it up with, with, with Kirby, man. And I asked him being, I said, Hey man, um, Camden Sewell texted Vitello for the ball. You gonna do that for the first game? And he's like, "No, nah, that's not that's not his personality." So he was real laid back and cool. Yeah, Kirby's awesome. Just one of many fascinating characters. And, and here, here's a, another good answer to Turkey Man's question. Uh, and and it really just in general about the baseball team, not necessarily the last month or so mm-hmm. since you have spoken to me, but th- <laughs> this team gets who, who mischaracterized. Everybody just thinks that all these guys are just bad people and, and and cocky meat sticks that that aren't very smart everybody thinks that drew gilbert is just this terrible person and, and tony vitello is this terrible person but it, it couldn't be further from the truth uh, that they, they are the epitome of people you hate to play against but if they're on your team you absolutely love them that that is the best way to describe it but i'm speaking more away from the baseball field there, there's not a bad dude on that baseball team they, they're all terrific personalities and would give the shirt off of their back to, to help anybody. Everybody talks about how Drew Gilbert is just as nice as they come. Tony Vitello, when, when the game's over, I, I watched him every road series this season, the final day of the weekend, he would stop and thank every single Tennessee fan that stuck around down the baseline. And, and he doesn't have to do that whatsoever. He, he stops at the hotel to take photos, sign autographs. And that, that's been really fun to watch as, as I've, followed them along in, in their travels just seeing how they are as people they're, yeah. they're all a bunch of a really good people who are impossible impossible not to root for 
Love it. Love it. But man. social media would tell you otherwise. Uh, social and, media, and social media in worst. that sense could yes, it could not be further from the truth in, in that regard. Oh yeah, they'll tell you that he 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 is he is terrible. Teams are terrible. They're mean. They're meat sticks. But no, man. I've watched him several different times when kids have been able to to to, to meet them. Like they got as excited as the kids. I mean, uh, they are different when it comes to getting inside the white lines. They know what it's time to do. They activate beast mode in, in between the white lines. But off that, off that diamond, man, they're you know they respectful. You don't hear about you don't hear anything about anybody getting in trouble. So. It's good, Ben, that people on the outside don't like them. That means they're winning. That means yes. they're envious. That means they're jealous. So we know that uh, we got some good dudes in our squad that's confident, that uh, may get a little emotional, but, hey, it's sports, and that's that's part of it. Uh, we'll take our first break of the day. We had some weird stuff going on at the beginning of the show. So we got kind of sidetracked, but uh, we'll take a quick timeout, and then uh, we'll come back after this sweet event fueled by Danny Barbecue. Q is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys. If you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. You know you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you just want the convenience of at-home treatment, all good. Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're Killers listening to the Swain free event. Free. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yay! Jason Swain, Ben McKee. Live here from the Low T Center Studios. Well, I am. Ben is at the house. You know what? It is a new month. It is June. Ben, um, uh, sir, it's getting close, ain't it? Where it's getting very close. Where's that big old belly? <laughs> it's sitting down right now. <laughs> where's that big old belly, man? Is she, is she? I know we're. I know we're getting close because she becomes more and more uncomfortable every <laughs> single day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Big day ahead. 
Big Day ahead, a month and 25 days. Man, big old <laughs> month coming up. Well, thankfully, little homie is coming a little bit earlier, it, it seems. Every time we go to the doctor the last couple of times, he's a, ahead of schedule. So we're thinking mid, mid-July. Mid-July. We'll take it. Hey, as long as he's healthy, as long as he's ready to be a left-hander and hit like, um, <laughs> you know, some of the – Blake some, Burke. Blake Burke. And, and uh, if he's a righty, he can he can hit like um, – who's hitting good right now from the right side? I mean, Jordan Beck had a nice, nice SEC tournament, offensively, defensively, hit some – some doubles and some triples, but he can hit like uh Burke and Gilbert if he's a lefty, man. If he's a lefty. Um He might be. His mom's a lefty. There it is. I need I need him to be a lefty that throws ninety eight, hundred miles an hour. Those, those are the the lefties in baseball that really get paid. You're trying to retire, huh? Yes, early. When last time we talked to Cal Wright, I saw a tweet from the Braves from Cal Wright. I thought about you. Yeah, he's he's been dealing. Kyle uh, on track to probably be in the All-Star game this year and keeping the Braves afloat while they struggle and, and deal with some injuries. I, I haven't talked to him too recently. I try not to bother him during the season, but I, I texted with him probably about a month ago or so. Did you see Danny White's Twittering lately? Yes, I was wondering when you are going to bring it up. I, I don't know what people like more. Tennessee baseball hitting home runs or uh, the, the the letters spelling out Vols at Neyland Stadium? Well, Danny White's been doing some 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 real Twittering lately, man. He sent home a troll crying. Did you see that a couple days ago? Oh, I saw it. You, you know you got got when you have to delete the tweet instantly uh, upon the person responding to you. I think Danny White's fitting in real, real good. Good here in Knoxville. <laughs> like, really, he's fitting in really, really well, man. And we were doing the show in the mornings when he was hired and some of the first first weeks when, um, you know, he spoke to the media. And, man, the reception now for Danny White is just totally different. And um, love to see it. There's been a lot of positivity. But, man, Danny White uh, owned a troll. Man, somebody get the body bag ready for that troll <laughs> and then uh today he posted a, a rendering of uh, neyland stadium after the renovations and it has the letters back up top on the stadium two sets of letters that are orange well the letters are white but the uh, outline the boxes are orange themselves and so they are on each side of the uh, jumbotron so uh we are less than 100 days until kickoff. Time to get excited about Tennessee Tennessee football, but man, this uh, this rendering it, it kind of gave me some goosebumps, man. Before we know it, we'll be in the stadium, but still got some business to take care of with Tennessee baseball. But it's really cool to see this uh, this rendering from um, from Danny White. Um, Danny did sit down with Hubs last week or week two weeks ago and spoke a little bit about stadium updates and kind of when that's going to take place and can't really do anything until can't even hire an architect until the state approves everything. So um, I have heard about a double decker of sort. Anything, anything new that you have heard that you think is noteworthy? I, I 
what you just said, yeah. the the double decker. I, I double decker in terms of of porches. I, I think in an ideal world, they'd like to do that out in in right field as well. Uh, not quite sure exactly whether they prefer for it to look the exact same as left field or or whether they want to put some actual seats out there. I I think it's it's just they want to duplicate the porches, have porches in right field like they have in in left field, but. Uh, there's some renderings uh, in in progress that that they're working on, and unfortunately, because you have to go through the state to to get bulldozers and cranes and, and all that, you got to go through a bunch of commissions to <laughs> deal with all all the the building and construction aspect of things. It, it just isn't an overnight project, un, unfortunately. But I think th- this is my loose. Uh, pre- prediction five six seven years from now when we look back i think tennessee's really going to have a a neat looking ballpark unfortunately because campus is the way that it is in terms of space there's no free space whatsoever uh you're not going to be able to build a a brand new stadium like some of these other ones but with 58 60 million dollars however much money tennessee's going to pour into to the baseball program they're they're still going to be able to do some really cool things and and update it and give Tennessee fans and give the Tennessee baseball program exactly what a top tier program deserves. So I, I think you'll see double decks porches of sorts out, out in right field. I, I think you're going to try and see a, a building out there behind right field in, in which the, the players can utilize as, as a dorm of, of sorts and, and then potentially a artificial turf uh, on the bottom, like an artificial turf infield that, that would be really, really neat. Uh, you're going to see the the concourse, the the regular seating behind home plate expand in some form or fashion. I, I think a a second deck of, of sorts uh, for anybody who's been to the Smoky Stadium, like that type of suite level, mm-hmm. I think is something that would would be in the works as well. So it's going to look really really neat here in a couple of years. It's it's just going to take some patience to get to that point. Yeah, I read uh, there of Alquist that. Um the soonest would be after the next season. So the the moment that the season next year concludes, then you can start knocking down some buildings and start you know, building some stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while, but, um, man, I'm just glad that Tony Vitello is in the position that he's in. I don't think the talent is going, will be um, – I don't think he's going to be short of any talent anytime soon. So he'll continue to win at a high level. And um, I saw where those coaching salaries kind of came out, man, that uh, Tennessee um, had some of the coaching salaries in the SEC out. And Tony Vitello second, Tim, Tim Corbin number one, but not by much. Not by much. That was the first time I actually saw the salary of, of Tim Corbin. It's like 1.6 million and Tony Vitello is 1.5. Yes, and and rightfully so. Tim Corbin is the most established coach in in the country, uh, and people won't want to hear this, but the best college baseball coach in the country. Uh, his his players absolutely love playing for him, and he has two national titles. So that okay. that's something that Tony is chasing, and uh, Tim Corbin rightfully paid the as the highest coach in in the league, and Tony rightfully right behind him because Tony Vitello is one of the best college coaches 
in the country as well. Uh, top three, top five at this point. The only thing he's missing is some wins in Omaha, and, and I would be stunned if, if Tennessee's not able to accomplish that, even if it's not this year, which, yes, that'd be disappointing, separate conversation. But he he's going to make several Omaha appearances. I, I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. Nothing's ever guaranteed in sports. You never know, but uh, it, it does feel like Tony's going to make several appearances to Omaha over the next several years. So that, that's really neat that I, in my opinion, it's really neat that the Tennessee baseball coach is the second highest paid coach in, in the SEC and finally a, a true commitment to baseball by Tennessee. And that's something that, that me, somebody who loves baseball, so desperately wanted for a, a long time and glad Tony was able to give them a, a reason to and he'll only continue to make more and more money, especially if Tennessee can go out and, and win a national championship. Yeah, man, we lucky. We lucky. We lucky. It was cool to see uh, Mike Wilson's article there in, in, in the paper, um, kind of breaking down how we actually got Tony Vitello and John Curry you know, making the call to him at like one thirty in the morning. How Tony Vitello was—they were basically just coming off a loss in uh, the tournament, and so he was kind of depressed after losing, hanging out, watching the TV, watching a movie. And kind of how fast it happened with him going from being the Arkansas assistant coach to Tennessee's t- Tennessee's head coach. So uh, that was that was a good article. I encourage y'all to go read Mike Wilson's um, article. You guys, you guys have your Omaha trip planned, or what? What <laughs> bar y'all gonna hit up this year? Or y'all just kind of waiting to see what happens. Well, uh, I don't have anything planned just yet. I know how sports work, so. I don't want to uh, to jinx anything, and I, I certainly am superstitious, especially when it comes to baseball. So don't don't want to uh, don't want to jinx anything. Just just want to play it safe okay. and okay. and and let the the baseball gods bring down good juju upon me because I, I didn't get ahead of myself. Uh, Tennessee's going to have a tough super regional yep. to to get out from. I, I know first they got to get past this weekend, and they should get past this weekend. Georgia Tech, just their pitching is just terrible, absolutely terrible. So it doesn't really matter what their lineup can do because, A, Chase Dolander would theoretically be pitching to them, and, and B, they'd have to turn around and pitch to the best lineup in the country in Tennessee. Uh, Alabama State, they shouldn't beat Tennessee. I would be stunned if Alabama State, but they do have a, a Huntsvillian starting for them, Breon Pooler. Uh, a graduate of Sparkman High School there in Huntsville. Also went to Calhoun Community College, my former stand community up, college. Stand up, stand, stand up, us, us JUCO products out there. And uh, as Eric Kane suggested, maybe I can do a jersey swap with Breon Pooler after the game. He can have my credential. I can have his jersey. I think that'd be really neat. That maybe we can make that happen. That wouldn't be neat. Uh, I think Campbell's the biggest test this weekend. I really do. I, I think they're, they're a more complete team than Georgia Tech. We'll, we'll see how the level of competition translates for Campbell, but you go back and, and look at their non-conference schedule, and they've beaten several teams that are NCAA tournament teams, Air Force, Army, NC State, who should have been in the tournament, and, and there's another team that I'm, I'm blanking on off the top of my head that they beat that, that was really good. So I think Campbell's going to show well, but they're not going to have enough pitching by the time they get to Tennessee. So I think Tennessee should be able to handle them. And if Tennessee can make it out of this weekend, next weekend is going to be the tough one matched up with the Statesboro regional Georgia Southern hosting 
and they're hosting Texas Tech and Notre Dame, two really good baseball programs. Notre Dame, they're really, really good and probably should have been hosting. So that tells you the type of caliber of a team that they are. And I think you'll see Texas Tech or Notre Dame in Knoxville next weekend. And and that certainly will be no small task. So I'm not I'm not gonna let bad juju catch up to me like you did with Sister Jean. Hey man, I didn't make any layups. I didn't miss any layups. I didn't miss any free throws. Hey. It ain't on me. It's not on me. Georgia Southern. You, how do you think uh, Trace will handle going up against his own team potentially? Well, today he joked around and said that he hopes that he faces them again so he can give it to them again like he did the first weekend of the season. I, I think he was being some, somewhat serious, but also yeah, was, uh, trying real. to play it off as a joke as well because don't want to create any bullets and board material. But He'll be fine. He pitched well against them the first go around. He'll he'll do so again. I, I don't think Georgia Southern's going to win though, so I don't think it's really going to matter. I, I would be surprised if Texas Tech or Notre Dame did not win that regional. Way from Mississippi says, uh, "Are y'all still going to do Tennessee Prime from Gus's this year?" And welcome back, Ben. Great job covering the baseball team. Um, Thank you. I want to say yes. Because I know Gustus was very, very pleased with Prime in the first year. But there's still a lot of loose ends to um, tighten up and make sure that we are bigger and better last year. And so we just want to make sure um, that that happens before I tell you 100% that we'll be at Gus's, uh this year. You just never know what might happen uh, at the last minute. But uh, the plan is to do prime and uh, the plan is to make sure that it's bigger and better and uh, it's on a bigger platform. So we'll see. We'll see. We got a lot. We got a lot of time for that. Uh, let's see. Football season will be here before you know it, Swain. You better get ready. Yeah, I know, but. We're two, we're less than two months away from fall camp. No, 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 no. I mean, I, honestly, I want to put, I want to put Tennessee prime on, on, on nine, nine, one, but. You better get ready and stay ready so you don't have to get ready, is all I know. Well, that's that's I mean that's the plan. But we got we got Sports Fest this weekend and once once Sports Fest is concluded, that's a big big event that the station has put together, then sit there and bring up Tennessee Prime and see see what we can get done. So that's why I say that. No Fear twenty eight says Brew McCoy didn't know if you guys got to the Brew McCoy name origins or not, uh, but I was watching the 19 All-American game. They mentioned he got that from playing football when he was little, and they gave him the name Bruiser, which later became Brew. Yep, 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 yep. He's he's bruh as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to call him bruh for right now. We'll see what happens. He'll get they need a big year from him. He'll get mad and transfer if we call him bro, will he? <laughs> In today's society, you never know. Nelson from Jackson says, we want, can't even pronounce his name. What's his last name? Francis? Yeah. No, Francis ain't his last name. That's his first name. What's his, what's his last name? But I'm saying, is that the, the yeah, player you are yeah, referring yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin didn't want to say it. 
He, he said it once, but didn't go back to it. How about you? What you got? He's Big Francis as far as I'm concerned. Big Fran? Big Francis. <laughs> What's up, Big Fran? I think uh, I think Tennessee's in a great spot for Big Francis. I think I think Tennessee's going to have a couple five-stars, man. I think Tennessee's going to get three five-stars this year. How about that? Uh, I, I I think uh, old Tennessee might be in the mouth of Nick Saban next all season. <laughs> well, I can't wait for Josh Heifel to talk about what kind of person Nick Saban is at the, at the next press conference too. There, nah, I'm just kidding. Heifel ain't gonna get into all that. Oh please, Heifel will roll in with whoop that trick playing no, in the background. Mm-mm. Nah, man, we we playing it smart. We ain't got time to be talking about all that stuff. We just we just nil work. nil with Tennessee is is a factor. There's no secret. It, it's not a secret that that's out there, but it's not just, it's not just the NIL. And, no. and I truly do believe that 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 is helping them. No doubt about it, but it's not the deciding factor. It's really not. There's a track record with some of these coaches, particularly Rodney Garner. I think Josh Heupel is really starting to sell his offense, uh, which is helping with the likes of, of Carnell Tate and others. And, and then Nico has been, critical for this recruiting class as well everybody loves him in terms of everybody being his his peers they they love his personality they they want to be around him they want to play for him and that's why you're seeing Tennessee in the conversation for the top offensive linemen and receivers in the country and I'm I'm glad that Josh Heupel has made a concerted effort to devote as many resources to the defensive side of the ball as he is the offensive side of the ball. I, I think he's re- really made a, a concerted effort to do that. And as you well know, Swain, Nico's Nico's fun. Carnell, Carnell Tate's fun. Mm-hmm. Th- those players are real fun. But uh, to win at the level that Tennessee expects to win at, you're not going to win with a, a quarterback and receiver being your your two best players or, or head and shoulders above the, the second tier on, on your team. You, you need some big old boys in the trenches helping lead the way and they're finally on the path to getting those. I mean, I feel like everything that we said the NIL could do for Tennessee is, is like happening. Like all the hypotheticals, like this is, this can be what shortens the gap or shortens the, the, the curve for Tennessee rebuilding. And so far, so good. Like, I think we've been pretty spot on with what's going on with the NIL. So just got to keep it going. Boston says, what are Tennessee's upcoming opponents in the regional? Uh, it's either going to be Georgia Southern, UNC Greensboro, Texas Tech, or Notre Dame. So, one of those. That'll four. be the super regional. Yeah, super regional. Um, regional is Georgia Tech, Campbell, Alabama State. Swain. Yeah. Have you ever heard anybody say that they're taking a vacation to Montgomery, Alabama? Hell no. Why you ask me that? Did somebody say that? No, it's just when I think of Montgomery, which is where Alabama State is located, I just I cringe. I, I've been to Alabama State or not Alabama State, but I've been to Montgomery once when when my sister was playing in the Alabama State high school softball playoffs, and have driven through multiple times on my way to the beach, and I never stop. That I've never stopped either. You know my saying: anything below Huntsville is the armpit or butt crack of America, whichever way you want to look at it. There we go, Ben. I missed you, man. 
Uh, Nelson wants to know about James Pierce making it to campus. I haven't heard anything one way or the other. Last, I'm pretty sure it's all good. No news is good news, in my opinion. Uh, Steph Curry is going ham right now. He got 21 points. twin. Yeah. He got 21 points. 21. In the first quarter. They left them wide open on one of them. Like, Yeesh. in transition. Everyone was just looking at him. Didn't know who was going to guard him. 21. He dropped one in Grant Williams' eyes, too. Well, so, you know the funny part. What? They're only winning by four. <laughs> oh, I know. No, no. I think the Celtics are going to win in six. We'll see. But this this Warriors team is is good, but they they're not. Everybody who is casually paying attention just assume that they are the vintage Warriors, and they're not that. They're not. We'll see. I got the, I got the Warriors in six. You got the Celtics in six. Who do you want to win? Do, would you I mean, rather I, see Steph get another one or Grant get one? I mean, I like being right, man. <laughs> Aside from being right, <laughs> um, it'd be cool to see Grant win win a championship for sure. I mean, there's there, there, that's man. the only ties to Tennessee is Grant Williams. But I just I don't like the way they play Game Six. I don't like the way they play Game Seven. Like I, I just I just don't trust the Celtics in seven games. That's all. That's fair. I I'm I can't believe I well I I've always liked Steph. Steph's one of my all time favorite athletes. So I hope that he wins. But also. I'm sorry, Grant, but I hate the city of Boston because of the Red Sox and the Patriots. So is. I refuse to to root for the Celtics. I actually, I actually really like this Celtics team. Like this, these group of guys: Grant and Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Al Horford's storyline is is pretty cool, although he's a Gator. But I just I can't root for Boston sports. Their, their fans are are miserable pricks, and the Red Sox are located in Boston. So I hope Golden State wins. Go Steph Curry. There it is. Tell us how you really feel. I appreciate it. We'll take a quick time out. Come back. Wrap things up. Got a phone call. We're going straight to the phones after this quick message. So don't go anywhere. Still sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to buy and sell in this complicated market? I get it, and I understand why you're hesitant. That's where I come in. Call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help answer any questions you have, and whether you're ready to rock in two weeks or two years, I'll be here. Look forward to hearing from you soon, and go Vols! Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Peeler is giving away free vacations for you and your family this month. With every purchase of a new whole home generator or select new HVAC systems, Peeler is giving you a free Fellas, week long. Do you need an annual health exam? I recommend going to Low T Center to get your complete health assessment. 
They will check all of your levels, not just your T-level. In most cases, it's completely covered by your health insurance. And if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and office visit with the medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T-Center specializes in men's health, making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your online appointment. Low T-Center, reinventing men's health care. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. All right, Ben McKee, Jason Swain here with you. Got a couple more minutes left in today's show. Apologize for the early, whatever that was. Still got to figure it out. But it's good to be on. Good to have Ben with us this evening. Um, we got C-Mac waiting patiently. But first, got to tell you about what Hiller has going on right now. Zero interest for 60 months on select new HVAC systems. Also, zero interest for 12 months on new tankless water heaters. Whole home generators, zero interest for 12 months as well. So if you need a new system, don't wait. Do it right now. Great, great financing specials right now at Hiller. Visit happyhiller.com for all the details. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Y'all know the guarantee. You see those trucks cruising around with the happy yellow smiley face. That's when you know it's Hiller. Happyhiller.com for all the details. Let's get to the phones. Let's get to C-Mac. C-Mac, good evening, sir. Good evening, Swain. Good evening, McKay. Good evening, C-Mac. Everybody all right? Congratulations. Uh, yeah, everybody cool. You, 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 you ain't sad about uh, NC State, are you? Huh? You're not sad about NC State not making making the tournament? You good? Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm good. We're good. NC State got screwed. We're good, Second year in a row. Yeah, we did. Yep. Oh, we good. Uh, that's par for the course. That's par for the course. Um, McKee, I know you said you didn't want to chance it, but if, if the stars align and you had the opportunity to make your way to Omaha. Could you just do one, just one small favor? Yes, possibly, depending on what it is. You already know what I'm about to ask. I actually don't. Don't, don't show up to no club with a backpack. I make no promises. I mean, again, no, what do you no, want me to do no, in that situation? No. I went straight from the stadium no, to no, dinner. And I walk outside of dinner, and there's a concert going on. I'm not going to take my backpack back inside to the restaurant and have somebody steal all my valuables. Now, now, this is where this time around is going to be a little bit different than last time. I could possibly just use the excuse of, you about to be a daddy. You might want to get that sleep while you can now. Big facts. Big facts. You probably need to go to sleep here in another, another 15 minutes. I, I tell you one thing, Hoover has completely ruined my sleep schedule. Being up till 5 a.m. back-to-back days and up late the other nights with the games, I, I've been going to bed at like 2 and 3 o'clock every single night. Ask, ask, uh, ask uh, Big Shot how he's sleeping. 
computer uh, recently. <laughs> I, I don't need to ask. I, I can tell by his attitude he's had. <laughs> My bad. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm going to be a really great uncle. I'm just going to let y'all know that now. So, I mean, I wanted uncle. to call in this week. Uncle. Yep. Uh, uh, I wanted to call in this week. I uh, didn't. It, with it being the short week, didn't didn't really have the, the, the bandwidth. So I'll ask it to you and McKee. Here. Okay. Let's say hypothetically the Celtics win uh, the the NBA championship. In your professional opinions, both of you, would that help Orford make the pro basketball hall of fame? Hmm. Wow. Horford. Yep. Hmm. That's a good one. Now, mind you, mind you, as I, I listened to this debate yesterday, um, the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame does take into account the non-NBA achievements that you accrue. So, um, man, that, that made it that much more hard, you know, uh, to, to try to identify an answer, but I, I wanted to plant that, that question with y'all. Y'all can chew on it for a little bit. We got we got seven games. I think it's going to go seven games. Well, I saw that um, Fox's Nick Wright had, had made that that point that if the Celtics win, then he feels like Al Horford will make the Hall of Fame. I... Well, I, I believe whatever Nick Wright thinks, I think the opposite. So, and I was already leaning towards no with, with Al Horford. So I, I definitely think no. Um, in all seriousness, I I would need to do a, a, a deep dive into Al Horford's career. But just my my initial thought was Al Horford does not feel or th- my initial thought was I don't think that Al Horford is a Hall of Famer. I, I don't I don't pick up on that vibes when I hear his name. Basketball is different though, like. It's, you know, it's a James Naismith Hall of Fame. So, like, they they take into they take into account like your whole basketball career. So, remember when like Yao Ming was selected to the NBA Hall of Fame? He didn't do nothing in the NBA. Like, he wasn't dominant, but it was a fact that he was great player in China, and his they took into account his whole basketball career. And Al Horford did win two national championships in Florida. So, like, I, it, if he wins this, this this series and he's a champion, then that'll probably be the reason that he's a three-time champion. Two at college, one in the pros. But, like, if you just take his pro career and say, is his pro career a Hall of Fame career? I would probably say no. Absolutely not. But, Absolutely not. To, to, to McKee's point, though, Nick Wright did say – that he thought Luca was the 20 best player in the last 50 years all time. In yeah, the NBA. Right. And I think that is insane. Uh, uh, he's probably was, not going to be wrong. You just can't say that this early. Yes, yeah, that's, 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 that's Nick Wright also probably thinks that Mike Trout is a terrible baseball player. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. All right, I'm going to hit you with this. <laughs> So you throw my Cardinals going to draft. Who my Cardinals going to draft? Uh, out of these potential uh, Tennessee players that's hitting the draft this coming up year. Oh, that is a, a really good question. 
they they need pitching. I it feels like watching from afar. So Blake Tidwell wouldn't be a bad option. But uh, Drew Gilbert does remind a lot of folks of Jim Edmonds, who roamed the the center field in St. Louis for a long time. Am I the only person that thinks that that Andrew Perry from version number one kind of reminds me of Bryce? I I didn't hear you. You need to speak up, sir. The young man who wears number one, he reminds me of Bryce Harper. Drew Gilbert? Yes. Drew's a little more flamboyant. But I, I can I can see it with the the swagger. All right, I just wanted to make sure my perception was not. It's always good to hear from you, Mister. My man, good to hear C-Mac. from you, C Mac. Be easy. Always, you too. Later. See you. Damn, C Mac. Out of nowhere, dropping bombs left and right, left and right. Looks like uh, Tim Corbin is over over two million. Yes, possibly. I don't know. the The article said what he made last year. Mm-hmm. So if he if he's gotten a new contract since then, then his current salary wouldn't be reflected just yet. Yeah, but so, still, Tony Tony's not too far behind, especially after he wins this national championship. Oh, oh. I mean, it's hard to believe that they, they that they won't man like. Like, I mean, it is. It's hard, man. It's hard to win the tournament. I know, but best best in pitching, best in hitting, complete team. Like, we so good. Evan Russell don't even care if you steal a base. <laughs> like, I was, I was noticing that. I was like, man, he only picks and shoes when he wants to pick you off because he knows pitching's on point, and, like, when they get up to bat, they're going to knock some home runs out of the park anyways. So they're like, go ahead. Go ahead and take that little, take that little base. And how about old buddy from Kentucky, the freshman who was bat flipping after a walk? Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he gets thrown out by Evan Russell. Come on, son. Come on in here and dug out. Sit down, man. Put this, put this. Hat. They have all the ingredients to win a national championship. I, I said it, said it earlier. They've got the coaching, the hitting, the pitching, the depth. The, the scars of last year, the experience of last year, the, the swagger, the confidence, everything you would want a championship team to have. All the championship teams that you've seen over the course of history in football, basketball, baseball, they, they have all those ingredients. So it, it would be, I'm not going to say disappointing season if, if they, they're not going to win it. I would say it's a, a, a failed opportunity if they, if they don't win the national championship. Yeah, I've been on the uh, championship or bus mindset, but I wouldn't call it a disappointing. Like, I wouldn't say the whole season was disappointing. I would say like the outcome was disappointing in that you like you failed to do what you had your eyes set out to do, and you had a better opportunity than any other team in the country to do that. But I wouldn't call like the entire season a failure. There were some good moments in the in, you know during the course of the season, but it would be like it would be a failed opportunity for sure. Yep. I don't and I don't blame I don't necessarily blame anybody for for labeling it championship or bust. It's just my personality. It, it's just hard to 
reflect on what has already happened, them winning the regular season title for the first time since 95, first SEC tournament title since 95, and really the first time ever, because the last time they won it, it was just divisional tournaments, and it wasn't set up in this current format. It's just hard for me to just throw that all down the drain just because they don't, they don't win the national championship when I think we forget how hard it is to win a championship in a tournament type of setting that they're about to to go through. And baseball is just set up to fail, and, and so much can go wrong. It would just be hard for me to label the season a, a complete bust with everything they've, that they've already achieved to this point. Yeah, that's it's, it's hard, man. It's a nuanced conversation for sure because, like, I remember having a conversation with um, Laird Little years ago about his career at Tennessee and how he only lost, like, five games. And for those guys, it was championship or bust because the expectations were super, super high. And, like, that team wasn't ranked number one in the country all year like Tennessee baseball. And I just feel like the whole championship and bust thing, that's a, like, that's a compliment to, like, your program that is so good that you are expected to win a championship. And if you, if you, if you don't, then, like, it's, it's a failure. Like, the Patriots, when Brady was there, you know, Alabama, you know, now with Saban there. I, I mean, you know, Vanderbilt to this point, like, if, if they're not hosting a regional or winning a championship or winning the World Series, like, it ain't good enough. Like, what, last year, they lost in the championship to Mississippi State. But, like, I didn't hear one person from Vanderbilt say, well, man, we got there second place, and, man, we played for it. Like, they were – they were – they were pissed. Like it was a it was a bust for them because they are expected to win the whole deal. And so like I can't wait till we are at that point. Maybe we are at that point. I don't know. But like I feel like when you are number one in the country for this amount of time and you have dominated everyone, you kinda gotta go win the championship. But I wouldn't I wouldn't if Tennessee falls falls short, like I wouldn't sit here and be like, Oh man, this the season was a complete failure. I just because they did achieve a lot, and the season was special, but they didn't reach the goal that was obtainable based on their talent and based on what they've done all season long. So, yeah, I mean, I would be like, I mean, we we failed a mission. Yeah, and, yeah, and we failed a mission. look, we know how sports work. You're remembered for what you do in the postseason, and technically Hoover and the SEC tournament is part of the postseason, but it's not the postseason what what is this past year's basketball team remembered for not winning the sec tournament for the first time since 1979 for losing to michigan and not being able to get out of the first weekend of the ncaa tournament that's how that team will be remembered in my opinion at least when i think of this past year's basketball team that's that's what i think of is that they came up short in march that, that they got bounced in the first weekend when they when they shouldn't have and i loved every second of the second half of, of the season for Tennessee basketball, that, that run they went on the last month, beating the teams that they did, Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, winning the SEC tournament. That was all so much fun, just yep. like this baseball team has done. But that basketball team still remembered as, as fun as Zakai was and Josiah, the heater that he got on, and, and Santi as well. They, they remembered for not making it out of the first weekend of the tournament. Before we go, Ben, do you got some tickets for this weekend? I do actually. For your boy, I'm trying to get some tickets, nope. man. I'm trying to go to the game. 
Hook your boy up with some tickets. I heard it'll be on uh, SEC Network at 6 p.m. Eastern. Man, this is the first weekend I could, I, like, I actually can go to a game. I don't have any AU basketball or anything. So, worst time in ever, but also the best time in ever. So, it's like the first time having time to go to a game. It's like the worst time ever <laughs> because all the tickets are going to be sold out. What needs to happen is Tennessee needs to add seats ASAP. Need, need to get the stadium up the stuff, up the par, and, and allow more fans to experience a regional at Lindsey Nelson Stadium because it, it is truly, truly special. It, it was a whole lot of fun last year. Hopefully, we don't see Drew Gilbert have to hit a walk-off grand slam this year. Hopefully, Tennessee doesn't put itself in that position. But uh, they, they need to get this stadium updated as soon as possible and, and get more seats in there so more more people can experience it. And not only for that reason, but so the atmosphere can be even better. The more people, the better. For sure. I agree. I agree, Ben. Let's do it again, man. Let's do it again. Appreciate your time. Um, and tell wifey we um, are thinking about her. Uh, let us know if we need to do anything. And um, going to be daddy here in uh, about 45 days or so. So, um, And you and Big Shot Rob will have some stories to tell. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on and tell the family I said hello. Sure will. I certainly will do it. So uh, for Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Thank you all for making the Swain event part of the evening today. We'll, we'll be back next week. Y'all keep following Ben. Y'all keep listen to his podcast keep reading his work continues to do a great great job so have a great night peace and love we are out